I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on, Clone Wars fans? Another episode of the Clone Wars After Show. We're talking Season 7, Episode 5, Gone Without a Trace. And we got Ahsoka Tanu back on the small screen. I am joined by the amazing co-host. She's an author. She reads everything Star Wars and sees everything Star Wars. She is Rachel Goodman, and we are Skyping in right now. Yes, I'm so excited to be here, especially with the news, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, or the alleged news. Uh, but I am just so stoked to see Ahsoka back, especially after we covered the Ahsoka book by E.K. Johnston back in February. If you haven't caught it, you should go and check it out. We actually interviewed uh, E.K., and it was amazing. So I have so many thoughts, especially with the book with Star Wars Rebels, um, with the news that we've heard, just so many st thoughts that I I'm trying to process after what All we the watch. thoughts. Yeah. All the thoughts. I mean, I agreed. I am so hyped. Today's practically Ahsoka Day, or Life Day, if you will, because not only do we have a returning to Clone Wars, but, and we'll get into this later, but she was allegedly, reportedly cast in the live action season two of The Mandalorian as Rosario Dawson portraying her. Yeah. This isn't officially confirmed yet, but everyone's running it right now. Yeah. E.K. Johnson even tweeted out saying, until I see it on StarWars.com, it's not real. But we'll get into that later. Yeah. Ahsoka's back, Clone Wars. Uh, so we're seeing a bit of the underworld. We're going to be talking about the entire plot of the episode, as well as the character she interacts with Trace, with Rafa, uh, some, some crazy droids that gave me some real Steel vibes, uh, as well as just Ahsoka post-leaving the Jedi Order. And later we're gonna be talking about who our um, our MVP was of the episode, and we're gonna go into news and gossip, which will be Ahsoka and Mandalorian season two. Come on! Uh, but first off, Rachel, overall thoughts: Ahsoka's back. I I love any episode with Ahsoka, so I was just I was just here for all of it because I wanted to see more about this world. I. Um, I love darker elements of any show. That's like what really, you know, gets me going. And so to see how this underworld works, to see how the other half live, um, especially on Coruscant and to see we're no longer on the upper surface. We actually are with the working class people, which to me is the more, the most important element of society you could be focusing on. And so I loved learning about Trace and Rafa and the way that they work and seeing Ahsoka assimilate into this. And also it reminds me of Ahsoka, the, the book that E.K. Johnston wrote in the sense that what tracked to me the most is Ahsoka's um, grief over being, over leaving the Jedi Order. I feel like it tracks from this episode all the way up until the book that E.K. Johnston wrote. It's, I feel like it's literally the same um, in terms well, of who it is. It's interesting because I, I didn't feel that it was literally the same, but I felt that it was consistent in that her grief was far more in E.K.'s book because it takes place post Revenge of the Sith, post Order 66. This is like pretty fresh of leaving the Order and she's just kind of trying to find herself and understand people, which is a line she has in this episode. Yeah. I. Uh, I really love the opening word of wisdom, by the way, which was, there is no path. If there is no path, make your own. And that's kind of what we're doing uh, due to the coronavirus. We can no longer be in studio for the time being. Um, so we're, we're using our social distancing, like, so, like Ahsoka did with the Jedi Order. 
and we are using these Zoom meetings. So thank you all so much for, for sticking with us with that. Um, just wanted to address that up top. Um, I thought this episode was was good. I think this was a great one to bring Ahsoka back into. Uh, I, I like how this season is kind of structuring our quote-unquote main characters, and they're kind of setting the table, I think, for what the big thing is to come at the end of the season, which we both know will take place on Mandalore. The first four episodes following some clones, but you have Anakin and Obi-Wan kind of doing their own missions, still continuing with the Jedi Order after Ahsoka left. And now we have Ahsoka on her own for a little bit. I didn't expect her to get immediately roped back into the Order. So this was a nice little side adventure um, of her uh, just being on her own in the underworld. Uh, getting into the first topic here, I I thought it was kind of, this gave me a lot of Attack of the Clones vibes uh, when they were flying around Coruscant and her sh and she's just falling. Like that was when Anakin jumped off and uh, Obi-Wan goes, I hate, I hate when he does that. Uh, it literally <laughs> reminded me of, uh, it, it, yeah, Attack of the Clones, that intro scene with Anakin. I thought that's what they were doing. And it's funny because yesterday when you and I did episodes um, three and four, one of the questions we asked was where we thought we were going to see Ahsoka and what the grand entrance was going to be. And to mm. me, it felt very, um, it, it felt very um, on the nose that they would choose to bring us in on a moment where she isn't necessarily struggling in a huge way. I mean, it could be life or death based if she ends up falling off her bike, but yeah. Um, just the fact that we see that she is kind of being, I don't want to say reckless, but she's on her own now. And, and being solo, I feel like she now uh, only has herself to rely on. And it was a very interesting way to bring us right back into her world and what she's dealing with. I think, I think the word would be lost, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think she, the, the way the episode, the way we were introduced to her, she's kind of winging it. Yeah. for lack of a better term, and her just kind of zooming around Coruscant and having that, that technical issue with her speeder, uh, I think that was just showing, like, she's kind of lost. She, she has no rush to get anywhere. Uh, so that's why it, it made sense for her to, to take the time and try to actually fix it, but she doesn't have the money. She's really on her own, and I think this is the first big test to go against her being on her own with no master, with no order to help her out. Uh, which, you know, we, we saw her on her own kind of running from the Order last time she was in Clone Wars, and now she's just straight up on her own. And uh, we, we're introduced to a mechanic named Trace, who had the coolest haircut, by the way. <laughs> and what do you, you think of their introduction to each other? I, so I couldn't separate my knowledge of the book from this episode. So I just want to like say that right now. Cool. Uh, the sense of Ahsoka not really, Ahsoka's in a place where we know that she is uh, mechanically inclined and she can usually fix things on her own. But in this particular case, I felt like her own feelings were getting in the way of her ability to fix her bike. And so mm. um, Trace, like it was this very interesting dynamic of, tr of Ahsoka not wanting help but also, you know, needing help in the sense that she did need the, the resources to be able to fix something and she would have to rely on somebody else in one way or another. And Trace, um, it was just, I, I really appreciated that we, the lines of dialogue that we got between the two of them 
Ahsoka never directly said who she was or what she was running from or that she was running. But Trace, like just in the in the attitude that Ahsoka was giving Trace without even meaning to, we got the sense that this was somebody who um, that one Trace was somebody who had also been through a lot, and that she wasn't about to um, like she was very hardened too just from life experiences. And so seeing someone like Ahsoka, um, I think that Trace knew not to ask a lot of questions. And Trace is somebody who we see she's grown up living a very hard life in terms of she has had to struggle for credits and had to maybe sometimes do illegal activities just to survive. Um, But I I found the dynamic very interesting. And has this outlook on the Jedi about Trace isn't a fan of the Jedi. She's under the impression that they are starting the wars, that they're making them last longer. and, And yeah. I just want to add on to that, that the thing is that this is one of the reasons I love seeing the outsider perspective of the Jedi since we, for the most part, Star Wars, I mean, outside of the Mandalorian and and, other, and a few other characters, we have focused on the Jedi. And so seeing another person's perspective on this and what mm. the Jedi, especially during this time of the Republic, how the Jedi could come across, because my I'm under the opinion, especially from being a history major, that there is always um, a negative side to power and to people being in power, no matter you know what they think they're doing. I mean, we know that the Jedi are generally good and that they have what they stand for is the right thing. But to see what somebody, how someone else could perceive this when they are living on the crappier end of life and when they don't have a lot, um, to see how they could view the Jedi in power, that you know, to see. It's- someone saying, hey, they started this war, it actually makes sense. It's more politically complicated, I think. It's yeah. a, and you know, there's even more minutia with that. And you could, you could say like, oh, well, the Jedi are being deceived currently with, with Palpatine being the chancellor. And I think uh, it, it just makes the whole universe feel that much more real. It's nothing's black and white. There's a lot of gray areas. And that's, I think, what makes the, the character of Sokotan so interesting. And she's always been, uh, as of late, uh, that person kind of in the middle. Like she has her own beliefs, her own values. She doesn't necessarily subscribe to that of the light side or the dark side. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will, I, I, I did want to get into off of that is, you know, we, we see Trace, Trace's sister Rafa owes money to some junkards in this underworld. And what's a, what's a really unique uh, detail about the underworld, and we were talking about this last night, predicting for this episode, there was plans. George Lucas wanted to do a Star Wars live action TV show, the first one ever, about the underworld, uh, apparently in Coruscant. And there's actually test footage that is online. You can see this was giving me massive vibes of that planned TV show. And we know George Lucas has a lot of input in this season of Clone Wars. I think we got a lot from that this episode, and we got to see the, the quote unquote like mob ties there. They owed each other money. There was a pretty rough fight scene where Trace gets hit, I think, four or five times right across the face. And but and Ahsoka helps, and then we we meet her sister Rafa. Yeah. What did you think about the dynamic between Rafa and Trace? So okay, I it's very. It was very clever. Well, not clever. I'm not going to use that word. It was very, um, I appreciate that we had the dynamic of the older sister who is always right versus the younger hardened sister who still has to fend for herself, but she still fits within this family dynamic of being (laughs) your sibling. Like you can, I can still feel it. 
Um, what I wanted to add too is that um, with the underworld, what I love, like this show that was going to be was they were going to set it between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. And so I appreciate that they're showing, they're giving us a glimpse that this underworld didn't just exist after um, the rise of Palpatine. This was far before this. And um, this idea that there's always going to be an underworld, it doesn't matter who's in power. There is always another side. There are always bounty hunters. We're seeing that in Mandalorian with everything happening after, um, you know, yeah, with everything happening at that point. We're, we're just seeing that even when things are going well, there is always going to be an underground. And I like that uh, we're focusing on that now. And also with Ahsoka, she, when she used the force, I was a little concerned for her in the sense that she's obviously trying to hide. Yes, yeah. you can be a Jedi right now and it's not a problem, but um, I do not believe that Trace saw her use the force but other people did and i'm almost wondering if that's going to be the link that anakin or any of the other jedi find back to her because there's going to be reports of right. some the force and uh, you know tagruda so they're going to know it's her we got to talk about that force moment so there's this machine uh they, they build a droid and there's a malfunction and it's this demolition droid that is going around wreaking havoc and the only way you turn it off is hitting the blue button on its face uh they finally, finally, Trace gets a hold of it, and they're about to fall off a ledge. Into what really reminded me of is that hole in Dark Knight Rises that Batman gets stuck in, and he's just like peering up at the at the, at the sky above the stars. It really did. It really was an underworld. Yeah. And when the music swelled, and it's that music. It's the classic Star Wars theme. It's the Force theme, and you even get it in this the trailer for this season, and it's. Beautiful. It's another variation of the classic force theme. Oh my gosh. When she, when you see her am reach out, I just thought that was awesome. That was perfect. Beautiful, beautiful moment in this episode and with the force. And it is consistent, like you were saying earlier, to the book where she is afraid to show that she is a Jedi and uses those powers. She, I, I agree with you. I think there will be reports of her, but, but as of now, it's not illegal. Like it, it's not a, it's not a bad thing. So I think that could only really hurt her relationship with with Trace and Rafa. But I actually think that since they're 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 tight right now, I don't think it would even be that big a deal. Um, um I don't wait, yeah. thing. so I don't think that it's going to hurt her in the sense of she's gonna get in trouble. But I also think that there's probably a um negative um view of Jedi where she is. And she is not among the you know she's among the friends yeah <laughs> so here's my thought is that yes she'll be fine but i feel like there are more people like trace who do not like the jedi where she is and that will be what gets her in trouble um the other thing i'm thinking is when it comes to the book um what even though anakin and obi-wan um even though she knows they're still around even though she still probably feels the Jedi is my guess, even though she's cutting herself off. I'm sure she feels them in some way because in the book, she made it a huge point to say she no longer felt them. And it felt like that was her saying it for the first time. So I'm assuming she still feels them on some level at this point. Um, but it's almost like that makes it, I can just feel how hard this is for her and how hard it is for Ahsoka to um, commit to the choice that she made 
I, I feel like she wants to go back and that she misses them dearly because they're her family. Almost like um, when we saw Echo walking away and going with the Bad Batch, even though yeah. circumstances, I felt a tug, like a part of him would still always belong with Rex and with the group, but he yeah. needed to go. And so I feel like it's the same thing with Ahsoka. It's, yeah, it's that moving on. I, I completely agree with you, Rachel. And I mean, so I think overall it was, it was, a, strong, it was a strong episode. Uh, a classic Ahsoka one where she is roped into another uh, few kind of one-off characters, situations, and she, she comes in and helps, similar to like a Man With No Name uh, yeah. Western film. Yeah, great film. I, th I, thought, I thought it was fine. I thought, I thought uh, this was a good Ahsoka episode in terms of the lore as a whole. Um, it wasn't anything like gigantic or groundbreaking. I was just really excited for the most part to see her. Mm -hmm. I, I am looking forward to where they're going to go next because we know that the speeder is going to be fixed for free. And, uh, but we still don't know entirely where she's going, where she's, where she's headed. And Ooh. I'm really... Was that... Or she's going to stay with Trace and Rafa because that was one of the big questions we had last week. It, or not last week, yesterday. It feels like... Yeah. Uh, was whether the people and the situations we were introduced to in this episode were going to carry through. And I'm starting to think they aren't. Um, I mean, with Ahsoka, obviously, this was our reintroduction to her being back. Um, but I almost don't know that Rafa and Trace are going to play. I think they will play a role. I don't think it's going to be a huge role. Um, I, I really just want to see them start diving in and, you know, really <laughs> bringing us back to... Be that penultimate moment we see in the trailer with Darth Maul. Absolutely. Uh, so let's get into our special our special segment. Uh, this is our MVP, who's the MVP of this episode. Uh, Rachel, you can start. Yeah. Uh, okay. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am gonna say Trace is the MVP because she did not have to help Ahsoka. Um, she didn't have to, like, I feel like Trace handled things the way that the best way she could handle them with Ahsoka in the sense of, um, like, how do you take this random stranger that just lang lands on your hangar? Um, hmm. So I, yeah, I, I'm going to say Trace and the fact that even though we didn't get Trace, um, like we, we got the sense with these droids um, that Ahsoka definitely did not want them running around because of what they were capable of doing. But right. Trace kind of sided with her, even though Trace couldn't really 100% be on her side. We saw Trace kind of open up and say, well, you know, this isn't right. And so I would say Trace all the way around. I definitely agree. I think Trace is, I think, the MVP of this episode. Uh, I was going to say Ahsoka, but when you, when you really think about the entire arc, I think Trace is someone that uh, Ahsoka, I think, needed to help in this episode. I think sometimes it's just the act of of helping someone um, that can actually mean a lot than actually being the person who helps them. It's like watching a flower blossom. Uh, you, you appreciate the time it took to blossom. I think this is uh, just one of the many days in Ahsoka's journey to where she will blossom at the end of the season. I think uh, also just the change in Trace. You know, I don't think she saw Ahsoka use the Force, but if she did, I don't even think she'd bring it up because I think she's just thankful that Ahsoka saved her and she in a way saved Ahsoka by yeah. uh, fixing her thing. So Trace is our MVP. We're gonna get into some quick news and gossip, which there is nothing else that matters in the world right now. No, there is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm on this too. 
Rosario Dawson allegedly, reportedly cast as Ahsoka Tanu in Mandalorian season two. Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, I've been predicting that she was going to appear, that Ahsoka was going to be in Mandalorian season two because Dave Filoni, obviously showrunner of Clone Wars, and he is very heavily involved in Mandalorian, directing two episodes of season one and doing season two as well. This is huge. Rachel, what does this mean to you? So, okay, first of all, I just want to say for anyone who hasn't been seeing this, there, okay, Rosario Dawson, there have been a ton of rumors for like three or four months with this idea that she might play Ahsoka. So when I saw it, I wasn't surprised. Um, like Ryan said earlier, though, like I definitely am not 100% convinced until we see it from Deadline or see it from StarWars.com. But um, I think we can safely say that it, it could be happening based on the fact that Collider and all these other reputable sources are claiming that this is true. But yeah, I want to see Deadline. I want to see StarWars.com. I, and I think that's hard right now with coronavirus because um, so many things that are being pushed to the side uh, as we deal, you know, understandably, as we deal with um, containing this pandemic. And so I feel like it's hard to trust news like this right now when entertainment mm. is not necessarily, uh, entertainment news is not necessarily the priority um, with everything else going on in the world. So I'm going to take it with a green, I'm going to, I'm going to try to trust it but also take it with a grain of salt considering it will, I'm sure we're going to find out more eventually once things calm down in the world and once right. the virus contained. Um, but exactly. Yeah. In like, so let's just say that this is true. I would be so on board with this. The fact that we are going to see Ahsoka in a live action. I'm so oh, yeah. excited for either way, even if it's not Rosaria Dawson, let's get somebody to play this role because um, I feel like, you know, Ryan, I think you were saying this before the show, it's more legitimate when you, I mean, not that, not that Clone Wars is not legitimate, but I feel like, right. you know, like what you said, a lot of people are going to find this more legitimate, especially on Mandalorian with so, with so many people are watching. And this is, but, I think this is good news for Clone Wars. Like this yeah. can only get more eyes on the Clone Wars series. Yeah. And I was just going to say one more thing. Yeah. Uh, this, this idea of the underworld is it, it just goes to show even the downfall, even after the downfall of the empire in a world that was supposed to be better, you still have the outliers, you still have an underworld and Ahsoka in this time, like we know leading up to Rebels, the last time we see her in the Rebels epilogue is where, you know, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this yet, you might not want to listen, but I think we've all seen Rebels at this point. Um, the ending <laughs> yeah, of Rebels where we see Ahsoka come back and they're going to go off to find Ezra. So we know that Ahsoka she's still around. Definitely still around. And I think that the only place, like, I just feel like she is going to be part of the underworld, especially with what we read with the book. Ahsoka, th that is just where she usually ends up. And so it I I, I, that, you know, you raise a really good point with that. I also think that they are not going to confirm, confirm this news. I, I don't think they will until Mandalorian comes out. I, I honestly think she, I don't think she's going to have a huge role. I think she's going to be, if she's in it, then the, and of course the big news is just that I think she's going to be in a live action version of Star Wars. I love her story at Dawson. I think that's great casting as well. But I don't think she has a, a massive role. We definitely would have heard about this earlier if she was like a main character. So yeah. I think she might pop up here and there and I don't think they're going to confirm it until she pops up on screen. Um, it, it could even be one of those things where it's literally a cameo. Like we just see her and you might, you blink and you missed her. Like that, 
Oh, I mean, I uh, hope that that's not it, but it I, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be that. I think, I think she'd have a, she'd have a moment, I think. Yeah. But um, Rachel, we are out of time. Um, we do have to start wrapping. Thank you so much for joining us, y'all, in this episode, especially through this this trying time. But thank God we have stuff like Star Wars The Clone Wars to go to in times like this. Rachel Goodman, what are you up to and where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. If you're a fan of Outlander, Stumptown, Curb Your Enthusiasm, if you love retro, if you love retro movies, um, be sure to check me out on all of those after shows. I also just recently self-published my first book called hey. Can't Save My Soul. So if you are into darker romance, uh, that might be the book for you. You can find it on Amazon. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Ryan Nelson, R-Y-N-I-L-S-C-E-N. And on Star Wars News every Thursday, 4 p.m. PST on the Popcorn Talk Network with Steph Sabra. That is our after show. That is the Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 5 review. Thank you so much for being with us. May the Force be with you. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.